The Bullet Hole Podcast is powered up by custom-built firearms manufacturing based right here at the Bullet Hole. For our entire line of ARs, come in and check them out. Whether you're at home, in the field, or at the range, it's custom-built for life. And welcome to the Bullet Hole Podcast. I'm Lyle Cadell, the media manager here at the Bullet Hole. And today, we got with us one of our instructors that's going to be coming on board. Started the first first of the year, and yep, yep. Uh, Luke Burkholder. So good to have you, man. Thank you. Good. So glad to be here. Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, just want hey, if you know, folks want to get to know you, mm-hmm. and uh, you're actually uh, law for in law enforcement, yep. um, and then the national National Guard. Oh yes, yep. I've been in guard for about six years now. Okay, so. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but uh, but you have a real passion for teaching, and uh, kind of tell us what I mean as you grew up and kind of got to, what got you into guns. I mean, for that matter, and then what led you down that trail. I know, and then tell us about your education kind of thing too. And and uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be super formal, but I, I I've known Luke just full disclosure for a little while, so I kind of know a little bit about him. Oh, but yeah. but I want you to get to know him, so. Yeah, just, just what what got you where you're at today? Uh, I got my start with shooting, um, like a lot of people in Boy Scout camp. Uh, went to a summer camp. We shot some twenty twos, and that kind of just started the rabbit hole of wanting to learn more about shooting. Um, it was a slow progression at first. Uh, I got my first rifle of ten twenty two, and started from there. And then um, once I hit high school, I started getting uh, competitive into uh, trap competitions. So I shot. I never uh, realized that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I shot a lot of trap scene sporting quays, and I've got uh, got a lot of state medals from that, and then I uh, went to nationals three years uh, competing in uh, trap scene sporting quays. Were Were you in uh, since this? The what is the U.S. Target? What is it now? The one that's it's based out of Minnesota, but the there's several Scholastic Quay Target program. Or, uh, I don't know what it's called. I thought it was a U.S. Target or something out of Minnesota. But anyhow, I, I didn't know if you were yeah. part of that or uh, you had already gone on. So uh, I I did uh, SCTP um, Scholastic Clay Target program, okay. and then uh, uh, SPP uh, uh, SPP uh, Scholastic uh, Pistol program. I did that. I did more of the clay side of it. Uh, when I first started doing the pistol or pistol shooting, that was the first competition I did hmm. um, but uh, with that uh, at the time in Kansas uh, you could a school could not have a right um, shooting club associated with the school since then the law has changed and now schools can have them mm-hmm. you see it more in rural uh, schools versus Johnson County and some of the bigger uh, schools but um, that's how so that's how I got my start and then once I went to college I was planning on going uh, getting on the trap team there mm-hmm. but uh the trap team in college kind of it kind of disappeared for a little bit um it didn't really surface until about my junior year of college but at that point i'd shifted more from clay targets to more of the practical shooting so side you, of it. and you're a wildcat yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is a wildcat alum for you for you jayhawkers out there <laughs> sorry but yeah. uh no, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, and I've known you for a while. I didn't know. All oh that. yeah. So, yeah. and you went to went to college for what? Uh, I started. I first went to college for engineering, and then uh, I decided I didn't want to sit in a cubicle all day, so I switched. <laughs> uh, I switched my major to uh, sociology, criminology. 
um, and then I graduated uh, with a, a bachelor's in uh, sociology criminology. Awesome. So, and that's where that's where you're at today in law enforcement field, and yeah. then also in instruction. You've done a lot of of training. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've been three or four classes that we've been around each other. Oh yeah. I can't remember major uh, major events. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more that 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 I've that he's been through. Uh, just list off some of those, just uh, so so folks long, know. Yeah, I know you, you, you got I some gotta, you got some notes there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I probably spent more time in college uh, going to shooting classes than I did in class, and not that I was a bad student, <laughs> uh, but um, I've gone through. Uh, I've been really lucky to, that a lot of these national instructors started coming to the Kansas area because yeah. that saves on travel time. Um, also saves on hotels and all that. And uh, and just recently, you just went through, what, two days with yep. John Lovell? Yep, uh, John Lovell's uh, Pistol 1-2. Yeah. Um, in the last couple of years, I've gone through uh, a post-certified uh, rifle and shotgun instructor, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of classes from local guys from SRT Group, uh, SNS training, uh, some guys down in, uh, near Wichita and uh, Central State Training mm-hmm. Group. Yeah. And I've gone through both of uh, those. Um, I, I want to make a shout out for Bill, Bill Regina, yep. who runs SRT Group, oh, yeah. teaches here quite a bit, um, too. So he's kind of been kind of a mentor for you in oh, a way. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've so, taken a ton of classes from him. Yeah. Um, that's and then Jason, of, Jason Perry yep. runs Central Training yep. or Central States Training Group. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I, uh, the actual defensive side of it, because when I started doing. Uh, uh, USPSA, um, the, uh, just competitions there. Um, that's what kind of, uh, I met some guys there who, uh, have taken classes from instructors. And I started going mm-hmm. to these instructors to learn more, to go from competition to more of the defensive side of it. And that's how I found, uh, started finding, uh, like Bill and all, uh, those other in- local instructors. We're going to get into that later too. Mm-hmm. I, I want to delve into your philosophy between competition mm-hmm. and carry type of stuff. So, so, keep that on the brain yeah but um who I, and who else uh, i think you, you said that you've been with um regular guy training yep. um boor you've been with barrett's defense yep uh, uh through some of their stuff mm-hmm. um i went through uh yeah regular guys training was down in louisiana um tom gibbons i went through yeah. his range master class last Actually, year you're a certified instructor with the range master yep, i am yep so and that, and uh, you know and one of the reasons why we bring, we've had Brian Holmes on here who teaches uh, force here uh, too and um, of course he has a lengthy background and, and everything you can go back and watch that uh, actually listen to it on on the podcast um, but we want to bring folks on here and introduce you to mm-hmm. to our audience and, and to the folks but uh, um, no I mean it's it's important for folks to see that there are folks here in the Kansas City metro area who are highly trained uh and when and, and you don't i know i know Bert, luke and, and and his brother <laughs> they take training seriously um it's not just something that's just a kind of band weekend you know type of thing and uh in your private you know time and we say you know you do a lot of dry fire yeah um i do a lot of dry fire and then uh i do i've i probably go to range about once a week um yeah and this year I've slowed down a little bit with uh, the ammo shortage. I've mm. only shot about probably 12,000 rounds this year. Oh, just 12,000. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, God, just 12,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, um, 
one thing that uh, you can use to get uh, a lot of reps in for cheap is uh, a 22. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I didn't chew a lot of, I started out a lot on 22s with the 1022. Mm -hmm. This last year I got a uh, Glock 44 and in the beginning it had a little bit of a rough patch, but yeah. uh turns out- They if, wear in. Yeah, if yeah. you put enough rounds to it, it starts working. And so yeah. that I can, um, I can draw from the holster. I can, it gives, I can do about 90% of the stuff I can with that gun as I can with uh, my carry gun which my carry gun's also uh, my competition gun. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of, I see a lot of guys running race guns and then they'll carry a small MP shield. I carry the same gun that I compete with. Uh, just now you, I, I, you do have a 92FS that you've competed with too, right? Uh, I, I've <laughs> shot a few <laughs> matches with that. I've mostly used my Glock 34 though. I know. Um, but <laughs> I was just thinking, I think I saw that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, you do. He did, yeah. he did. He put a boat ton of rounds through that crazy yeah. 34. My gosh. And I, I have not switched out any, uh, except for the sights, I haven't switched any factory parts out on yet. And I've, I've got about 18,000 rounds to it. Hmm. Um, at least 18,000 rounds. Golly, uh, well, it's good. And so uh, I'm, I just ordered a new recoil spring, so I'm going to switch that out. Is that finally. a Gen, Gen 4? Gen 5. Oh, it is a Gen 5. Yep. Okay. And I just uh, I got it. Uh, july of uh 2018 so yeah. only had it for a little over two years now yeah so um we just i just finished up going through glock armor school okay um that was maybe three or four weeks ago so yeah and uh all of our well several of our guys here are certified glock armors here at the mm -hmm. store now but uh no so you know in your short life some would consider you've had a lot of experience within you know training yeah and you've put that to work on the, just going out there and doing the work mm -hmm. getting the reps in and, and and building a repertoire of uh of knowledge oh yeah then to be able to pass that on to other folks mm -hmm. and uh and starting out in this next segment that we're going to have i want i want us to talk about some of the classes that you're going to be teaching uh, here at the bullet hole. You do it, uh, this is not his 9 to 5 gig um, because of other engagements, but uh, you do it, I think it's going to be two-hour classes, three-hour yeah, classes, yeah, some of them. Uh, two to four-hour Two to four-hour classes, four classes uh, coming up. So, um, and, and we'll get into that and get into what those classes are uh, so that you all can look forward to that. And it's not to take away from any of the rest of our instructors, whether it's Brian Holmes, whether it's uh, you know Richard Wyman or or Bill for that matter, or Susan or, or Greg. Or I mean, we literally fill classes um, here at the Bullet Hole, and it it's overflowing sometimes. And so we've we need to bring on other folks. And you have some niches, I think, too that mm -hmm. um, that. Jim and, and Chris and saw in you and so let's discuss that on the other side of the break and and uh, we'll get into those classes all right yeah sounds good the bullet hole podcast is powered up by custom-built firearms manufacturing based right here at the bullet hole for our entire line of ARs come in and check them out whether you're at home in the field or at the range it's custom built for life welcome back to the bullet hole podcast i'm lyle cadell media manager here at the bullet hole sitting in gear again with luke burkholder uh luke's one of the instructors that's going to be coming on board with us here uh at the first of the year 
and we talked about some of his background and just kind of bio work and stuff and all the training that you went through. Um, and <laughs> you know, I didn't approach you about this, but you know, people think you, you're in the military mm-hmm. or you're well, technically, I mean, you're yeah. National Guard, yeah. so you know everything about guns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how 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 would, how would, how would that, how would you respond to that? I, I hear that and feel say, think because I'm military and law enforcement that that's how I know guns. Yeah. And that personally, that uh, that kind of annoys me a little bit, but I don't show it because they, they just don't understand. Um, just because I've spent a lot of my own personal, I spent most of my personal uh, time and money, not uh, not money for, or not time and money in the military and law enforcement, uh, training and learning about uh, firearms and training and tactics and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um just because uh, you can be really great at your job in the military, but about 70% of the military is uh, support. Yeah. Um, and so they, they maybe go to the range once or twice a year. But, like, don't get me wrong, they could be great at their job, yeah. but their job's not shooting. Um, then you got about, uh, and these are just rough estimates, Yeah. Um, 20, uh, 20%, 30%, you know, infantry. So they, they shoot a little more a couple times a year, and then you got that last one cent sliver that are that's, SF. yeah those are the guys who spend about uh i was just talking guy in a sf who just got out of an mm-hmm. sf unit and they go to a range about once a month they spend about a week on the range mm-hmm. so they that one percent they're the guys who actually go out and that's what everyone compares the other 99 percent <laughs> for um which again it's they could be great at their job whether it's 88 mike truck drivers or cooks or mechanics yeah. but it doesn't necessarily make them a shooter and your commission, your commission does what? Oh, right now I'm uh, I'm uh, enlisted as a. Oh, E4. you're yep. still enlisted. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. I thought you had gotten your commission, but um, so you, what, what's your job then? Um, so I uh, I've been in a combat engineer unit for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just switched to a uh, military police unit. Okay. Um, so. And then in law enforcement, everybody thinks well. Like you just said, mm-hmm. well, you're in law enforcement. You know everything about guns. Yeah, and and uh, what I, I found the same to be true. And my and this is speaking from experience. My grandpa was a was a law enforcement officer, and my great uncle, um, and 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 then I have a lot of friends who are in uh, LE, um, uh, but my grandpa was a gunsmith, mm-hmm. and that was where you know big big hunter, uh, and so. Uh, Grandpa, that was where the guns came in for him. He was a, he was a, a avid mm. sportsman and an avid lover of firearms. But uh, you get into a, a lot of law, and law enforcement guys. They do what they have to do. They do a great job, and we support the blue. And, yep. and in fact, I have my my wristband as I always wear for Mike Mosier, who was a dear friend of mine. Um, lost his life this last uh, last May here in town. But um, you know they don't. Uh, not all of them spend a bunch of time at the range mm-hmm. they just because you guys deal with all kinds of stuff yeah in yeah. law enforcement uh rather than they don't they're not always shooting somebody yeah <laughs> you know? everybody thinks that well they're always drawing they're gonna shooting somebody well that's what you see in the the movies and that's what you see on yeah. tv you know the regular everyday cop deals with a lot yeah. of different other things yeah but uh that, that was a rabbit trail i didn't know we were going <laughs> down but uh to get to the classes that you're going to be teaching coming up in january starting in january mm. uh what are some of those classes that you're going to be doing man that, that uh i know there's several and, yeah. and one of them that i'm really interested in there's two of them actually uh is the shotgun because mm-hmm. we don't have anybody really you know well bill's taught some shotgun mm-hmm. here uh 
um, but on a consistent basis teaching shotgun. Um, and I know there's some of you out there who probably just joined the ranks of owning a gun and you thought for home defense, the shotgun. And rightly so, yes, the shotgun is a devastating you know, piece of equipment. Um, or a tool, let me say that, not a piece of equipment. But uh, uh, also you're doing some stuff with youth. Yeah, because uh, he, when I was talking to um, talking to him about setting up some classes, mm-hmm. they didn't have any. They didn't have anyone doing uh, shotgun classes, and I don't think there's many youth classes. No. Yeah. Um, well, I want to do a lot of uh, more advanced pistol classes and some of those other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, youth, youth are going to be the future, and if uh, you can get them interested in firearms now. Uh, because if if we want major if we want changes in gun laws and culture, you have to start with culture. Mm. If you can get these, if you can get some youth on the track of that, uh, what how you can actually use firearms and that they can be safe and it's not all Hollywood, then uh, maybe you can make a change in their lives and make them productive once they get into adulthood and make them productive members of the gun community, mm-hmm. um, and they can be safe and you can start having more people carrying firearms. Because the armed society is a polite society. Yeah. So if, uh, it's just kind of planting that seed. Well, also, uh, while they may not exactly know that yet, they're, they're mm-hmm. having more fun. But you're just kind of planting that seed with, uh, mm-hmm. with that. And then what other, what other stuff do you have on the, on the list? Yeah, so uh, when we were kind of planning these classes, uh, a lot of them were uh, two to, two to four-hour constraints, so somewhere in there. So I kind of broke them down to... Uh, I've got intro, uh, intro to pistol class that just works more on some basic pistol stuff, mm-hmm. stance, grip, side alignment, um, sight picture, that kind of stuff. And then, um, so it's a new handgun owner that's yeah. out there that's just, right. I mean, we had seven, mi- I think it's like seven million of them, mm. uh, come on board five to seven million or 7%, I think yeah, something like that. There's a, there's a, figure, a huge amount. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, but, uh, um, that are new handgun mm. owners. So, and what else? Yeah, and then uh, then the next portion I kind of which uh, I just named entry to carry pistol. I was just mm-hmm. just the name I gave it, um, but that just works more on working from uh, the holster, because uh, as much as you can spend time training with a gun on a table, mm-hmm. um, the uh, reality is ninety nine point nine percent of the time your gun should be in your holster when you're on the streets, mm-hmm. if not a higher percentage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to be able to know how to get that gun out of the holster and get rounds quickly and accurately on target. If you're, uh, if you can do it accurately but not quickly, if it mm-hmm. takes you a minute to get it out, then that's not good. But if you can do it quickly but not accurately, it's also not good. So having a good balance between the two so you can get those good first-round hits uh, where they need to go to incapacitate mm-hmm. someone, that's, um, that's kind of where uh, I'm moving in with that second class there. Just uh, what all will you be going over in the shotgun class? The shotgun class, I've uh, gonna pull that up here. So that I'm just going into. Uh, most of that's gonna be done with birdshot, just because mm-hmm. it's cheap to train with. But um, how to effectively load a shotgun? Because it's different from when you're uh, when you're in the field. Because um, being able to attack or reload that shotgun quickly if you need to. Uh, how to so I go over some strengths and weaknesses of a shotgun, um, and then some uh, 
So then working on different patterns with some buckshot and slugs, we'll mm -hmm. fire a few rounds of those just so people understand the patterns and limitations sure. of their actual rounds. But then start working on uh, if the gun runs dry, how do you quickly reload that? Mm -hmm. Because it's not as simple as a uh, pistol or rifle. Um, I go slide lock reload or bolt uh, locks back on a rifle. Mm -hmm. I just simply put a new magazine and hit the bolt catch, and I got 30 more rounds in my AR, 17 more rounds in my Glock 17. So how do I get uh, that? Sh uh, how do I get that shotgun back up and working for that fight? Are you using some concealing cover situations as well? Yeah, with, uh, with the shotgun class, yeah, we'll be um, doing uses of cover, so cover versus mm. concealment. Um, and then target transitioning. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. And with the kids, it's just the basics and just going over the basics of firearm safety and all that type of thing. And how long of a class is that for the kids? I just have it down as a two to three hours. Just yeah. On, yeah. That can be, fluctuate a little good. bit. And that'll be a mixture between classroom and then range time. And that'll mostly be done with uh, just 22s. So mm -hmm. uh, should be ammo sh at that point should be cheap for them because a parent has to accompany, accompany them and you mm -hmm. can still find 22 fairly cheap um, and that's good to know that yeah. the, the parents do have to accompany them to the range mm. and so they're not just left alone and they can watch and and they, they might learn something themselves <laughs> i don't know yeah. but but uh yeah hopefully that uh, you know will make them feel more secure about things mm. so and are there any other classes that you got down on the list that you're going to be doing? So I've also got uh, a pistol or uh, those first two pistol classes were kind of uh, my the pistol one class I mm -hmm. um, do in a four hour block. I kind of just divided them into two. So the next one I have is uh, uh, like a pistol two class, and that works more on um, it's going to be a little higher round count. Um, multiple targets, unknown threats. So it gets you away from just uh, the typical 2-2 um, or in competition, mm -hmm. most targets are uh, you fire two rounds at a target to neutralize it. So, But that kind of builds a bad habit of every time you shoot is 2-2, two, 2-2, two, 2-2. Two, 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 two. Mm -hmm. So we try to break away from that to get uh, unknown unknown threats at unknown amount of rounds. Mm. Um, Very good. Because the question I usually ask people is, if someone comes to that door right now as a active shooter or a threat and they're trying to kill you, how many rounds do you have to put into them to uh, stop the threat? Mm -hmm. And I'll get different numbers, and um, I just look at them, kind of smile, I'm like I have no idea how many rounds you have to put into them. You got uh, you have to um, keep shooting the threat until they stop attacking you. Yeah, it could be one, it could be twelve, mm. probably. 12 is kind of a high end yeah. of it, but if they're, if they're on PCP or something, it very well could be 12. Yeah. Um, but if it's uh, um, one of the other ends where uh, they just have that psychological uh, reaction of, oh, i just been shot, you know, I don't yeah. want to play anymore, that's where you might get one shot and they stop pl uh, trying to yeah. play. Uh, so. Well, let's, let's, and I want to get into that conceal and carry mm. uh, uh, versus competition, how they mesh, because you brought that up. Mm. And uh, how you can kind of get in that mindset of two 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 two, yep. and then move into the unknown threat type of thing. And let's segue into that here in this next segment, and uh, we'll be right back, y'all. The Bullet Hole Podcast is powered up by Custom Built Firearms Manufacturing, based right here at the Bullet Hole. For our entire line of ARs, come in and check them out. Whether you're at home, in the field, or at the range, it's custom built for life. Thank you. 
And welcome back to the Bull Huddle Podcast. Sitting here with Luke Burkholder, uh, an instructor we're bringing on board, and he'll be starting up teaching in, in January. We just discussed some of the classes that, that he's going to be teaching, some for, for kids even, uh, and shotgun, and uh, there's just some, some great stuff coming up mm-hmm. um, in the intro to pistol. But one of the things you brought up was, and I know you shoot competition yep. quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, USPSA? I do mostly USPSA now. Uh, Did you start out in IDPA or what? No. Um, I, well, I started out uh, in the uh, sh- uh, shotgun competition. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's, um, that, while it's not, uh, well, it's not as practical, you still work on tracking your target. So sure. there's a lot you can get out of that too, which I didn't think of at the time, but being able to track the target and then sometimes there's multiple targets. So, tracking one transitioning to another right so that comes into play a lot with uh other skills you're doing too especially with moving targets but um then i moved into uh uspsa and uh three gun okay um, i haven't done a lot of three gun lately but i've been doing a lot of uspsa and that even if you uh i don't do a lot of idpa um it's if that's all you have access to it's okay but mm-hmm. uh there's the mindset with IDPA is they try to um, say it's a uh, kind of defensive training. Mm-hmm. Reality, it's still a competition. So, but with USPSA, it's a competition, and they don't. That's what they say. It's it competition. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you're wanting defensive training, um, you should go actually get take classes and uh, that stuff. And if you don't have access to a range that lets you. Um, draw from the holster and all that that's where you can even if you aren't interested in competition you can still mm-hmm. go to your local competitions and practice that so you can combine dry fire with some stationary range stuff uh, and that's where you can go once a month or every once a week to your local competitions and combine dry fire with uh, range time mm-hmm. um, where you can actually draw move and shoot but your philosophy uh, teaching classes mm-hmm. uh, is taking uh, into a defensive mindset mm-hmm. Explain that to us. From that, that competition is good. It builds skill, but th- describe with the, with the drills and stuff. I mean, just a little bit. Don't give all your secrets yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, uh, competitions are a lot of fun, um, but uh, it does get you. A lot of times, it gets you into just uh, um, firing two, 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 mm-hmm. two, and people get in. It's not exactly a double tap, but people get into that mindset. Control of, pair. Yeah. Um, versus uh, classes you start doing um, more dynamic stuff uh, whether it's um, you might have to start thinking of uh, and there's no a box well a lot of targets there are but in real life there's no a box you, you have to mm-hmm. think of it as a dimension a 3d shape because I'll, I'll hear a lot of people say aim for a button on a shirt but you mm-hmm. have to think of it more as a 3d shape because that button's not always there you have yeah. so you have to be able to think of it in a 3d space of oh i'm going for the heart or the a order not the uh, you know and, and you know this brings mm-hmm. up something interesting um sage dynamics um i just went on a blank mm-hmm. um who is it i think it's his face from sage dynamics i know i know who you're talking about i don't um, know oh crud man i feel so stupid right now mm-hmm. but anyhow i'll come up with it here in a second but and he he actually has a, a, a three dimensional box like mm. you know a target that I think is really good for folks mm. to realize that you know the the nineteen eighty six shootout Miami Dade shootout by the way if you know nothing about 
1986 Miami-Dade shootout where two or three... It was two um, armed F- bank robbers. But, I mean, FBI were lost. Oh, uh, I was think it it's three. Three officers, yeah. three FBI yeah. uh, guys were lost to two bank robbers. Mm-hmm. The, one, the one of which perished after he was shot mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, but, of course, rounds have become a little little more te- technologically advanced yeah. today. Uh, but they were using 9 mil and even 357 mm-hmm. and 38 special um, on, and I think there might have been a shotgun in that mix. Yep, there uh, there was a shotgun. One of the FBI agents, uh, he got injured in one of his arms. So at mm-hmm. one point, he was use he was having to shoot with one arm behind cover. Mm. So he'd fire the shotgun, have to go back behind cover, rack the shotgun with the one arm he had that mm. was still working, and uh, engage the guy. But people don't realize that um, that Maddox, I believe, if I remember all my facts here, was shot laterally. Is that yep. true? Yeah. And it didn't reach his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and people don't think about that, that not everything is flat range. Somebody's going to stand there and say, shoot me. Yeah. You know, in a defensive situation, it's very dynamic, very fast. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done some training with some other guys, and Jason in particular I can think of, um, where the, you've done some, some dynamic stuff. Um, and uh, you'll probably bring that into your training a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, that in shoot and move, uh, all those type of things. I mean, how do you, how do you communicate that? How do what you, how do you think about that? So with that, um, you'll you'll hear things two to the chest, one to the head. That's mm. a thing. That's something Mozambique. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people love doing that, and that's got its place. But um, if the head the headshot's not just the whole head, and mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people think of. It's a small. It's basically your eye box. Eye box, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if they're moving around, that's a hard shot to make um, because in the Miami Day shootout, the way they found those guys was it was a, uh, a law enforcement officer who confronted them at first at a local uh, park or uh, at some outdoor area. But mm-hmm. he actually got basically a Mozambique He got shot twice in the chest with three fifty seven revolver and once in the head. He was They left him for dead because he kind of rolled down a hill. Um, but he was able to crawl over a mile to the highway where a trucker uh, saw him uh, mm-hmm. crawling, and the trucker was able to get him to the, or call for help, get him to the hospital, and that's when the FBI came in and interviewed him. They were trying to get to him before they thought he was going to pass, but he's still alive today. Hmm. Um, and so that's why it's you got uh, you have to do shoot until the threat's down, not just uh, a certain number. Specific or fixed number of rounds. You have to shoot until mm. that threat's no longer a threat. Um, and so, if you can also go at the pelvis too, um, even yeah. if if they're hopped up on PCP or something like that, or they're, say they're wearing body armor, um, that typically doesn't uh, cover the pelvis unless you're looking at the uh, Hollywood shootout. And <laughs> that's yeah. a that whole uh, other story. <laughs> at that point, you should just uh, hit them with a car. Yeah. <laughs> body armor is great, but it's, uh, if you hit them 60 miles an hour with the car, they'll still take them down. Yeah. Um, but if they're wearing body armor or helmet or something, you can't make those shots. If you can at least uh, hit them in the pelvis where that physically makes it where they can't move, that might not incapacitate them, but at least slow their movements, then you can maybe go for that uh, eye box shot. And then and then the head, It's we everyone thinks of it as the eye, but if you also have to take that shot from an angle, also the mm-hmm. ear box, because that's uh, the equivalent to the uh, eye box just on the side. Um, so it's back to that just three-dimensional thinking of it. 
because and and this is not something that you know we we're talking about this kind of nonchalantly mm-hmm. here a little bit maybe somebody might take it that away and we don't take it that away um you know it, it, we've both been through quite a bit of training mm-hmm. and, and it, it's i'll say this and maybe you can add to it if we don't have a comfortability factor with the fact that i may have to use a firearm in the midst of a very dynamic and dangerous situation mm. and it almost be second nature mm. then you know you're going to go to your lowest common denominator yeah. and you, you you may die yeah um, if you're not prepared and that's why training that's why this is so important to maybe come to luke's class and and, and maybe it's, you know well i've been to classes before maybe, well maybe you're going to learn something new mm-hmm. uh, but i mean how do you you know how do you think you process that that in the mindset that um, the time to learn uh, new skills is not during a gunfight, so it's good to <laughs> <laughs> a little late, man. Yeah. So Oops. it's it's good to learn them beforehand. And even if I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I uh, I used to be able to do X, Y, and Z," or um, I was in the army for 20 years, which that's great, yeah, but absolutely. I used to be able to run a 13 minute two mile. I can't run that now. Mm. Um, so just because I could run that two years ago doesn't mean that skill is still there. That's uh, shooting is a perishable skill. Yeah. Um, so being proficient, staying with that. If it's been over a year since your last firearms class, it's time to take another class and start learning those, or uh, at least having a competent instructor gauge your skills. Maybe at some point you've gotten relaxed, or there's some new information out there that you can pick up from the instructor, or or at least learn from uh, you can learn from other students in the class. Yeah. I've been to some classes where uh, um, the instructor, he's uh, not bashing the instructor, but I've learned more from some students in the class than I have the sure. instructor. So it's, and I never go to a class and uh, get nothing out of it. There's always something you can take from that toolbox. Yeah. Um, even if it's something that I don't personally use, if there's mm-hmm. someone uh, that uh, you might have to teach something to. Maybe it's a better method for them because there's there's also no uh, there's no absolutes in shooting. Mm. Um, one tech there's a kind of a standard that most people should follow, but it's uh, doesn't mean stuff can't deviate. If someone's got a physical disability where they can't uh, shoot in an isosceles position or um, they can't hold a gun a certain way, you have to be able to that doesn't mean they don't have the right to defend themselves. You have to be able to adapt as an instructor and uh, kind of teach them another method so they can uh, adequately defend themselves. Hi, uh, do you do a lot of, uh, of stronghand weekend stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have that a uh, uh, whole lot in my classes, um, but that is a great thing to uh, work on because um, if you say you have uh, kids – Mm-hmm. Um, or some reason you uh, can't bring both hands to the gun, if you have to shoot strong hand only, you have to shoot strong hand only. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I'm walking out of a grocery store or Walmart or something, I got bags in hand, I typically keep them in my off hand. Yep. Uh, Same here. Yeah. Or I try to keep a cart. Uh, there's nothing that um, you have people try to be all macho and try yeah. to carry it all out. I used to do that. <laughs> It's fine to carry a cart, so if I have to, I just push the cart away and go yeah. with both hands instead of trying to fumble that around with one hand. Yeah. Uh, you can also drop whatever's in that hand, and maybe it's maybe it's a six-week-old kid. You oh. might not want to drop him, but yeah. um, that's why you need to be able to use one hand. Or if you get shot, uh, 
um, chances are if you do get shot in a self-defense instance, first I mean, place is going to be the ex, uh, those extremities, arms yeah. and hands. And so if I'm having to switch to my offhand, though, in a self-defense shooting, it's typically because uh, my – or it statistically it's probably because my strong hand was shot. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm not switching from my strong hand to my weak hand. It's probably – you're dropping the gun, uh, shouting some curse word, <laughs> uh, and then picking it back up with your weak hand and then uh, continuing the fight. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I mean, there's just so many dynamics, dynamic parts, mm-hmm. you know, that go to, go to this. Um, you know, and, and I know that, you know, folks can learn, and you'll bring those things out in your classes and stuff, uh, whether it be shotgun or, or, or you intro to pistol or pistol two or whatever it is. You know, they might want to want to sign up for. By the way, um, before we uh, take a break here again, um, go to our website. Go down to the very bottom. It's thebullethole.com. Go down to the very bottom. There'll be a little little link there that says training and classes. If you'll just link, click on that to get it directly to our, our calendar, um, and you can sign up for any of the classes that are coming up. Anybody's whether you know Luke's will be on there for for starting in January. And then also, if you look at it on Facebook, in our events section, and you can scroll on down through those and uh, and sign up. You can click right there, sign up, pay for it, do the whole the whole mess right on Facebook or through or the link on our face on our on our website. So keep that in mind uh, as we go forward uh, to to get signed up for those classes and or get your kids signed up for because uh, I think those will probably fill out pretty quick. Like you know, because people want to introduce their their, their kids mm. safely to 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 firearms so uh, make sure you do that on the other side of the break i want to just get to your passions and we're going to talk a little gun talk and i hope you all enjoy it because i we we, we've talked before um i say gun talk it's just you'll understand on the other side i'll just say that we'll be back right after this the bullet hole podcast is powered up by custom built firearms manufacturing based right here at the bullet hole for our entire line of ARs, come in and check them out. Whether you're at home, in the field, or at the range, it's custom built for life. Welcome on back to the Bullet Hole Podcast. I'm Lyle Cadell, media manager here at the Bullet Hole, sitting here talking with Luke. We've been talking about all kinds of things, the classes you got coming up starting in January, and then also uh, kind of your philosophy of teaching and all kinds of things. We could sit here for probably a couple of hours and, oh, yeah. and discuss all this stuff. But he's a gun guy. I'm a gun guy. And, and uh, I know we've talked about before, you know, you, you carry um, different guns. I won't say that you carry exclusively one, but the one that you majorly carry is a Glock 34. Yep. And for those who don't know, a Glock 34 is... A Glock 34, it's uh, it's Glock's competition um, handgun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's basically a Glock 17 frame with a five-inch barrel sl- uh, uh, slide. So it's there's the thing that people yeah. s- they're like, you carry a five-inch barrel gun, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's just holy cow. Yeah, um, I don't know many people who carry a gun the same size I do, and I don't know anyone yeah. who carries a gun bigger than I do. And I'm a small I'm a small <laughs> guy, so yeah. Um, but uh, it comes down to if I'm if I know I'm going gunfight, I take a rifle. Um, I don't I don't plan on getting gunfights every day, so I carry that's why I carry a handgun. So but, you're you're crap at the fan type of, type of thing. 
everybody's concerned about that right now. We're in, we're December uh, or yeah, December for here now, December first as we mm-hmm. record this, uh, d- December twenty twenty, and so everybody's concerned about crap. It's a fan type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. The apocalypse is going to happen. You're raw, you know? yeah. Um, so what is your kind of you know SHTF type loadout? I mean, or why not loadout? I don't yeah. want to go there, but everyday thing. Every day I carry a Glock thirty four, um, two extra magazines. Uh, because statistically, do I need um, 50 uh, yeah, something rounds for my main gun? Yeah. No, but um, if I lose a gunfight, I don't want it because of lack of ammo. Uh, now, if you have good, if you make sure you get good hits, chances mm. are it won't be. But, and, you know, if there's uh, multiple attackers who are hopped up on drugs and it's just not working, you just got to put enough rounds into them. I don't want it because I only decide to carry 10 rounds that day. Yeah. So, uh, and then I also carry. Um, and then also, if uh, biggest issue if a um, gun stops working is magazine issues. Mm-hmm. So if that fails, I can just strip that out, put a new magazine in. Um, I also carry a Glock 26. Um, so uh, Murphy's Law, what can go long will yeah. go long. Um, say somehow, somehow my Glock 34 dies. Um, be it somehow it gets knocked out of my hands, it gets shot itself. Uh, I get to a point where I put 100,000 rounds to it and just breaks. Um, I have a backup gun that, yeah. uh, uh, that I can still use with my same magazines. Or um, something else that might be a little more likely is uh, um, I'm somewhere hanging out with some friends and there's an active shooter. They don't have a gun. I can instantly arm someone else who yeah. uh, and give them an extra magazine himself. Mm-hmm. And that way I, have, I instantly have someone else who's armed with me. Um, now I usually know the people I hang out with. They usually carry guns, but um, yeah. I've been out a few times with them, and they <laughs> don't. And I'm I consistently I'm always uh, carrying guns. So. No, I mean you know, and I carry a uh, Glock 45. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time. I carry I carry Smith and Wesson Shield part of the part of the time too. Um, but going from a five inch gun down to a, a three inch, well, a little three inch barrel mm-hmm. on, a, on a Glock 26. And in training, do you find a, a big difference there? Um, I can use uh, – I'm a lot quicker with my 34, but I can still hit accurately out to uh, 50 yards with my 26. Um, mm. It's uh, – What kind of sights do you have on it? I've got uh, Ameriglo Hackathorns. Okay. So it's a uh, basically orange front dot blacked out rear sights. Okay. Um, and then on your 34, you have a dot. Yep. I've got Red a, dot, that is. Yeah, for got, those who don't know what the dot is. Yeah. Got a Holosun 507C on my 34. Because um, red dots give you a lot of the same benefits as the only rifle. You only have you don't have to worry about two focal planes with the sights. You just have the dot to put on. And then you also can threat focus versus mm. front sight focus. Um, and then it also works, uh, it works well in low light, too. Sight, uh, iron sights can be sometimes hard to pick up in low light. Mm-hmm. Um if you ever want to get into night vision, dots are nice. I don't have money for night vision, so I don't. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. But uh, it gives you a lot of opportunities. Um, and then, do you think that's a wave of the future? I do. Yeah. Uh, more, um, more and more uh, agencies and people are putting dots on their guns, and mm-hmm. with advancement in technology, um, pistol dots uh, are becoming a lot more popular and a lot more durable. Mm. Um, in fact, Hollison just came out with their, I mean, their, well, not just came out with, but their fully enclosed, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. acro, yeah. you know, competition there. 
uh, Aimpoint Acro is actually another. If, if y'all know nothing about <laughs> red dots on pistols, you have to look this up. It's okay. Uh, the Aimpoint Acro is actually uh, um, in a fully enclosed emitter, which means now the emitter that's that's shining up on this, the glass is is uh, is all enclosed mm-hmm. and will weatherproof, if you will. Yep. Same thing with the new Holosun. Uh, what you run is a Holosun 50. I run the 507C. That's what I was going to say. And, and it's exposed, mm-hmm. so the emitter shoots up onto the glass. Yep. And so, theoretically, it could get mm, dirty yeah. down in there or yeah. something to block the emitter. And you probably run backup irons, I'm, I'm I do, imagine. yeah. The it's backup irons, I run uh, Marigo, uh suppressor height sights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for concealed carry, I don't think um, that's a it could stuff could get in there. But if you're say uh, you're um, doing a role where you're outside a lot, or military or law enforcement, where you could be um, where you're doing a lot more duty stuff outside, you get mm-hmm. into a fight where you could be running on like in a fight on the ground, which could happen in the civilian world. But um, typically. Uh, most people nowadays are in the city and not running around yeah. very much. But if you're running in the uh, forest or something or doing some weird stuff, um, that uh, <laughs> that optic can act as a scoop yeah. and pick up uh, dirt, dirt and snow debris, and yeah. yeah, everything in there and then could block that emitter versus if you have a closed system, easily just wipe it off the screen so you can see through and you're good to go. Mm. Um, so. 92FS, you have, you have a little special place in your heart for that, don't you? Yeah, uh, so... While 1911s are the uh, magical gun of... Um, Two World Wars, brother. Yeah. Uh, Two World Wars. That's all we have to say. Yeah. Um, the 92 <laughs> FS, uh, it's kind of, I think uh, it's kind of becoming that... Uh, it's kind of becoming that magical gun for some people. Because mm. Two World Wars is impressive, but uh, it's it's not seeing Die Hard movies. <laughs> so <That's> true. <laughs> so uh, there's just something, something about 92s that... Um, out, Outside of them actually working well, a lot of people hate them in the military because they have ones that are yeah, 30 years old. Yeah, but if you buy, traps. yeah, if you buy a brand new 92 FS, they're created to or they're machined to a higher standard than M9s were, and they're also brand new, so they don't have yeah. years worth of wear and tear. And I mean, you get an LTT. Yeah, know, we we we've sold actually all the LTTs that we had here in the shop, which is Langdon Tactical. Um, and those things are like glass, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. They're just incredible. And those, the trigger on them, I mean, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, those are amazing. And uh, when the downside is the price, but if you want a gun that feels like butter and mm. the trigger, the double action trigger is uh, about better than a stock lock trigger. And then the single yeah. action is amazing. Yeah. Um, but if you have the money for that, that's a, and you want double action, single action, 92. That's a great way to go. No, have you ever got into CZs? Um, I have a CZ P10C. Um, I didn't actually, realize yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you told me that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, mm. and that's so. If I run mostly Glocks, um, mm-hmm. I've got a CZ P10C uh, Sig P320, um, but I don't run those a whole lot, um, just because uh, I don't have I don't have the system behind it. Yeah. If someone's willing to put. Uh, I've shot them. I've seen them. They they run reliably. They're accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes down to a system, having different holsters for them, a uh, ton of magazines. Uh, yeah. Because I like having 
Um, when I go to a class, I like having a box full of magazines. I take, I go, I'll have 20 magazines loaded up for the class. So during downtime, I can be uh, relaxing, listening to an instructor instead of reloading. Um, so if I'd done, I if I'd done that with another gun, I might be running a CZ the whole time, mm-hmm. or a MP or a Sig. But I start out doing that with the Glock, and so I just don't have that system set up for those other guns I could do. Gotcha. Uh, the Glock versus the P10C. I've got a um, T-Rex Arm sidecar for that, and I've got four magazines. Mm. So I don't have the uh, system that I do with my 34, where I have a ton of magazines, a ton of holster options um, for it. What's your other kind of guilty pleasure handgun? Uh... It's really, it's, it's really the 92. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, uh, that, there's just something about that. The way it looks, it functions, it's... Uh, so is Die yeah. Hard a, a Christmas movie? Oh, it's the best Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- that, that, that may be the full discussion after this. Down the, you got it in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube, you know. Um, or, or if you're listening, you can make comments on our. You can, you can email us whether or not you believe uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So uh, something I will, uh, <laughs> something I'll do is when I watch Die Hard, um, I'll make sure I have a, a clear backstop. Uh, so it's um, sometimes I'll uh, where the TV's at. It's a brick fireplace behind it, and I make sure the gun's empty, and I'll dry fire. Uh, um, <laughs> at the bad guys uh, in oh, Die Hard, man. so uh, so I mean you have a Glock thirty four. I mean for heaven's sake, John Wick, you know. Yeah, but uh, John Wick's John Wick's great, but uh, yeah, he wasn't in Nakatomi Plaza. So yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean these are you know that's iconic stuff. Too. Yeah, but uh, we're excited about you coming, man, and bringing the. And maybe you'll get into the carbine stuff too. I don't know. Brian's gonna be doing some of that mm-hmm. on uh, starting in January too. We're, we're getting the range. If you're if y'all are listening, everybody asks all the time on social media is, is our rifle range done? Uh, that is being worked on as we speak. Literally, um, our owner is uh, getting some things in place for that this afternoon. So, um, and this is December. As you're you're gonna be hearing this here, the first week of December. Um, so by the first of the year, a rifle range should be done. So, um, that's, that's the, the hope, but you're going to be teaching down the, in the pistol bay or in the, uh, tactical bays down, down oh, below. Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah. I'd mentioned something about, uh, I haven't put anything in place, but, uh, I mentioned I can do rifle classes too, Yeah. but, um, which that might, uh, if people, if we talk about it, that could just be PCCs, uh, if it's downstairs. Um, but yeah. So, uh, coming up in January, again, if you want to get into Luke's classes, uh, go to our website down on the bottom. Just keep scrolling. There you go. Keep scrolling (laughs) down the bottom training and uh, classes. Click on that link. It takes you to a full calendar, and you can just click and sign up and uh, get ready to, to get in one of those classes or get your child into one of those classes. So, we're looking forward to it, man. Yeah, Glad to have you on board here. Looking at forward the to our teaching here. Yeah. So, and if you want to catch up with us, uh, you can catch us out, of course, on, uh, maybe you're watching part of this on YouTube or you're listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. We have all kind of, we have eight different platforms we're on on, on the podcast side. 
Um, but also, and share those, by the way. If there's uh, some that, that interest you and you've sat in, in traffic and you've listened to it, you know, or however, whenever you listen to your podcast, uh, go ahead and share that. Um, we appreciate that. And then if you're watching, maybe here um, on, I only put probably, I don't know yet, whether you'll get the long form or the, or the short form version on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and put the old like button up there, you know, give us a thumbs up uh, and um, that helps us out. And, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're also on Facebook, of course, and Instagram, Parlor, and the soon-to-be Rumble. Uh, we're going to be working with that. And uh, uh, so, and I'm trying to think if we're oh, me, we're on MeWe.com. So we we try to cover all the bases uh, due to the fact of some of the janky stuff that's been going on lately in social media and uh, the people that that don't necessarily like the. Sh- you know, the, 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 as what is it Johnny calls them? Uh, the, the, uh, point and shooty patooties or whatever. <laughs> Johnny Bragg's a friend, a friend of mine, but, uh, 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 Johnny B is his, uh, YouTube channel. So, but hey, catch, catch Luke right here at the bullet hole. He may be in sometimes too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, be around. Um, I think you might. I don't know if you're going to be doing any RO work or not, but uh, I'm not sure. Um, yet. We'll we'll, we'll yep. see. But he'll be teaching classes, so get in those classes. Get your kids in them. Uh, we got great things coming up in 2021. We're getting to the end of 2020, and so there are still classes available for 2020 um, for some concealed carry and some sh- couples classes and things like that. There's lots of good stuff coming up in, in 2021, and uh, learn the gun. Be a student of the gun, not in uh, and, and some of it for fun. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. I think uh, you know that's one thing. Probably you could you've you've learned to enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Enjoy the gun. Uh, a lot of people with training. A lot of people say, uh, "Oh, you're uh, you're learning just to you want to shoot someone." No, um, I hope I never have to. Absolutely. And so, best case scenario absolutely. is I just have a ton of fun shooting. Yeah. Worst case scenario is I have to use the training someday f- to save my life but best case scenario is i just have fun yeah some people like baseball football and, and it's our right i mean yeah. it's our god-given right and we are uh, 2a all day right here uh, at the bullet hole mm-hmm. so uh, enjoy it you enjoy the shooting sports come in on you know we uh, i always do a sunday gun day type mm-hmm. of thing when you see on our social media it's some so come in on the weekend or whenever, but sign up for classes. Go to our bullethole.com or wherever you want to uh, check that out uh, on our Facebook page or, or however you want to get there. Get in and get signed up, okay? Luke Burkholder, that's uh, one of our instructors. So good to have you, man. Thank it's you. been awesome to be oh, able yeah. to sit and chat. And as we always say at the end, the bullet hole, protect, compete, and learn. That's what we want right here at the Bullet Hole and for the Bullet Hole family. So if you're listening right now, thanks for listening to the Bullet Hole podcast. And uh, come and check us out next time. There's always, we drop about every week or, or two, uh, generally every week for our, for our podcast. So until next time, y'all, take care, protect, compete, and learn. All right.